0: Welcome to Queer Immaterial, episode 1, Ernest Fessager. A friend of Ernest's, pianist Dudley Stainer, remembered that when Ernest once removed the top of his bathing suit at a public pool, resulting in censure from an attendant, he announced I hereby declare it is indecent to show more than one tit." And later, at a party, he proclaimed that, "...I should have liked to have a figure so beautiful that an act of parliament would have been passed forbidding me to wear clothes." It's the early 20th century, with Oscar Wilde's trial a mere few decades past, and being gay is still squarely illegal in England for another few decades. And we're looking at the courageous and quirky side of Ernest Thesiger. First uh, story. In the 1920s, William Ligon, Earl of Beecham, becomes the Lord Warden of Walmer Castle, residing there usually without his wife. Ligon would host parties in the small community around Walmer along the lush eastern coast in Kent, England. When he was there without his wife, Ligon would hire a fleet of handsome young men making sure to check their butts during the interview process. These were also often personable young men who were locals and fishermen that would be invited to the society parties that he would host. As a friend, Ernest Thesiger would regularly make an appearance. One time, another earl and lady came to visit and found Ernest stripped to the waist and wearing a string of pearls alongside a young man who claimed to be a tennis pro but, according to the guests, did not appear to know how to hold a racket. Ernest Thesiger, best known as Dr. Septimus Pretorius in Universal's Bride of Frankenstein film, amongst other screen and stage acting accomplishments, was also an accomplished embroiderer and painter. Ernest spent most of his life in London, where he was also born January 15, 1879, to a family of widely known generals and explorers. Fellow stage and screen actor John Gilgood wrote in his memoir, Distinguished Company, that Ernest was often waspish and sometimes malicious, though less so as he grew older, but he was also very courageous. He was an extraordinary and rather touching character, an actor of unique imagination with a most beautiful perfection of speech and period style. Beverly Nichols, a writer for the sketch magazine, described Ernest in May 1926. I was trying to make up my mind about his face. It is the most remarkable face I have ever seen. I should like to take it away for a weekend and study it in every light and at every angle. Nobody else possesses a face even faintly resembling it. and Bride of Frankenstein co-star Elsa Lanchester shared that Ernest Thesiger was a delightful laugh for anyone who saw him or talked to him a weird strange character very acid-tongued not a nasty person at all just acid Ernest went to Slade School of the Arts at University College London And while a painter with watercolors, he also discovered there his love of needlepoint. He transitioned to primarily stage acting, but after an injury while serving in World War I, Ernest resumed his primary passion, embroidery. He even created the disabled soldiers' embroidery industry, and eventually this led him to needlepoint with his friend Queen Mary the graphic magazine commenting on his autobiography called his writing as shrill as a spinster at a sewing party but praised his cocktails needlework and diction as one of england's quote finest actors in 1927. royal tyler an american in england who served in the first world war wrote to a friend have you ever met or heard of one Ernest Thesiger, the decadent despair of a most respectable family. After years of scandalous behavior, he, on the outbreak of war, enlisted as a private and has been in the trenches for a long time where he has become most popular because of his good temper and conversational resources. One very dirty night, there came on an inspection round an officer who, knowing our Oscarite, by reputation, said, hello, Thesiger. I expect you find this rather rough. What do you do at home? Thesiger's reply, oh, I'm supposed to be on the stage, but I do a good deal of needlework. While at Slade School, Ernest Thesiger met his partner and close friend for much of his life, the two years younger and eventually famous painter William Bruce Ellis Rankin. Ernest eventually married Rankin's sister, supposedly enraging William so that he ended up shaving his head and living away from the world for some time. While Ernest was primarily building a stage career that included quite a bit of drag and eventual screen career, he continued his work as an artist. Ernest wrote about William, On our long journeys from one town to another, we delighted to get a compartment to ourselves where we could work undisturbed. One day, however, just as we were congratulating ourselves on being alone and the train was on the point of starting, a woman, obviously very recently widowed, got into our carriage. She lifted up a number of crepe veils and sobbed into a deeply bordered handkerchief. So immersed was she in her grief that she took no notice of us at all. So, thinking ourselves unobserved, we stealthily produced our needlework. I thought I saw the widow cast a sidelong glance in our direction, but bravely continued to sew. Then I noticed that the sobs had subsided, and I looked up at her. Her handkerchief had been removed from her eyes and was crammed into her mouth. The sight of two grown men, deep in embroidery, had overcome her grief. She was in fits of laughter. In 1941, Ernest published Adventures in Embroidery, a guidebook on the art with photos of work and tutorials. And according to a 1944 British Pathé newsreel, not only was he known for this embroidery, but also for paperwork of ornate paper cutouts with cityscapes, scenes, and people. Two portraits of Ernest hang in major museums of Britain, while Famous painters have captured him, uh, including John Singer Sargent, Gluck, William Bruce Ellis Rankin, his partner, Gerald Kelly, Alexander Christie, and others. Throughout his career, numerous caricatures and photos of him were featured regularly in society magazines and newspapers, including often in drag, and a composer, Cyril Scott, dedicated two compositions to him. Ernest was a confident queer person. At a party he hosted, he asked aloud, anyone for a spot of buggery? He defied conventions in dress, hobbies, manner, gender, and sex. And let's return to those pearls that Ernest liked to wear. Lady Christabel Aberconway, who counts Oscar Wilde as her first friend, remembered those visits to Walmart Castle. I don't know whether William Jowett telephoned to ask if we might call on Lord Beecham, which would have been polite, she wrote in her memoir. All I can recall is that we arrived and were shown into a garden surrounding a grass tennis court. There I saw actor Ernest Thesiger, a friend of mine, nude to the waist, covered in pearls. He explained that he had the right type of skin to heal pearls. Charles Ritchie, Canadian diplomat, recalled being told by Lady Jean-Marie Malcolm that Ernest cooks perfect little peas the French way and always wears a pearl necklace under his shirt. And finally, more from John Gilgood. It was said that Ernest always wore a string of very good pearls round his own neck and never took it off for fear that the loss of the warmth of his skin might spoil their quality one night at the beginning of 1940 there was an air raid warning at oxford where he happened to be acting in a new play and was staying at the randolph hotel all the guests were ordered to go down to the basement shelter Ernest created somewhat of a sensation, vividly dressed in Russian high-necked pajamas and a spectacular dressing gown, and sat bolt upright in a corner with his spectacles on his nose and a piece of embroidery in his hands. After a while, the assembled company began to doze, and he knew he was no longer attracting such conspicuous interest. Suddenly he clutched his throat and cried, "'My God! My pearls!' No, no, it's all right. I've got them on. This quirky queer character was living a life in the late 19th century and early 20th that would, to some, still be bold today. Thank you for listening to Queer Material, part of the Electric Pansy Podcast Network. You can learn more about Ernest Thesiger and the podcast at electricpansy.com, which also hosts photos, works of art, and more from our queer characters. Also on social media at Queer Material. You can learn more about Ernest Thesiger at ErnestThesiger.org, a great resource I've long been a fan of. And his archives are at the University of Bristol Theatre Collection. Our first season, this was the premiere, will be six episodes debuting every two weeks.